Welcome to the audio podcast for Saturday Night Life. SNL is a ministry of Northridge Church, and our hope is that this will be a tool that blesses and encourages you in your walk with Jesus. If you want to learn more about Northridge Church or SNL, you can visit us at nrchurch.ca or join us for Saturday Night Life at 7 p.m. on Saturday evenings. Until we meet, be blessed and enjoy the word for this evening. Just so you guys know, um, Pastor Dave is back. Um, be refreshed. I'd like to turn it over to Pastor Dave. Thank you, Tom. And Tom, there you go. I, I double intro. That's awesome. And just so you know, Tom, you were wading in very dangerous waters today. I think that every worship leader on the planet gets a little nervous when they see a tambourine, but you did a really good job. Uh, you know what you did really well? Dr- I, not all drummers know this, but one of the best things about drumming, or one of the most important things about drumming, is listening. And you listened well to what Louis was playing, and you did a good job, so well done. And you didn't overdo it. That's the other thing that could be a problem. And you didn't dance too much and bang, bounce on your hip, and so anyways, well done. Good job. Uh, Darcy, I hope you don't take it personal that there's no light on you. I'm, I'm looking up there, there's like one light out, and I think that's the light that's supposed to... Like, did you unplug it? No, I'll, I'll fix that later, but <laughs> there you go. So we'll, we'll, next time we'll make sure that you're lit up. Oh, what's going on here? And, and make sure it's green so I can see in the limelight. Oh, in the limelight. Uh, well done. Oh, my goodness. Um, while we're just kind of debriefing what just happened, um, I don't want to pick on you or embarrass you. Uh, and I don't want to speak for you, but I think I know you well enough to say something. Uh, Allison, share with me that she's... It, she was being honest when I asked her how things are going. She's like, it's rough. She's having a tough day. And one of the things, one of the many things I love about Allison is that didn't become her ticket to, to bail. Uh, she brought, have you heard the term sacrifice of praise? She brought a sacrifice of praise today. And again, I don't want to speak for you, but I know that seeing all the faces out here builds you up. It's an encouragement Uh, And it's a really good picture of why God loves the church. And sometimes when I say God loves the church, many of you might think, yeah, the church, it's full of a bunch of jerks, to be honest. And that's true. And that's the amazing part about why he loves us. But he actually calls us his bride. He loves us so much. And one of the things that I think is beautiful about his bride is not that we're all perfect because we're mess. Uh, individually and collectively, we're a mess. But days like today, I believe, I haven't talked to her, and again, I am speaking for her, but I believe it was an encouragement for Allison to be able to lead worship, hear you guys sing, watch you dance, and, uh, and participate in worship. So thank you to you, and thank you, Allison, uh, for being so faithful and uh, giving yourself in that way. Um, so as Tom mentioned, uh, Carolee and I have been away for a couple of weeks, well, uh, two weeks ago, we were away for a very fun reason. Uh, my oldest, our oldest son, got married, and now he's back from his honeymoon and living in Port Moody. So um, that's cool. And the day was really special. It was a very fun day and um, went very well. And and so we're we're very happy with how the, all that went. Uh, we're very poor, but uh, <laughs> but uh, we're very happy with how that all went. 
Then last week, um, we had actually planned, Carolee always handles our travel stuff because I'm an idiot, and she had planned perfectly that we would be back in time for SNL, but then the airline changed our flight time, and so we didn't get back until late, late uh, Saturday night, and so we weren't here, but we were in Saskatchewan, almost like our honeymoon from the wedding. We were in beautiful, it was actually, there was snow in the air in Regina when we took a little trip down to Regina. Uh, it was like, but uh, it, that was nice too. We were there for uh, the national convention for our denomination, and uh, it was, that was a time of refreshing. Tom, you are very right that I am back refreshed, and I'm excited to be here. Oh, you're such a beauty. Thanks, man. I will partake. It's good water. We live on well water, and it's gross. The, the water is full of iron, and, and uh, it's, you'd think it's natural, it would taste delicious, it's disgusting. So I love coming to the big city and being able to drink city water. Um, today, it's funny. I'm preaching um, or teaching or reading from Luke, uh, and I do this quite often, but I was kind of conflicted today because I realized that what I'm going to be preaching on is basically, I'm going to be telling you what Jesus taught. And Jesus was the greatest teacher of all time. And so the idea that I'm going to come and make what he taught better is ridiculous. So it's kind of funny. So I'm just going to really read through what he teaches us. I, I just, I am floored by, uh, and, and we need to understand, Jesus is, is fully man, and the man part of him lived about 33 years on earth, and he taught us stuff, and he had, he had a, a bunch of different types of teaching moments. Sometimes it was something like what we are going to hear tonight where it's this well-constructed parable, and sometimes it was Jesus responding in the moment. You know how you, somebody says something, and you kind of get mad and tongue-tied, and then you go home, and then you think of the perfect thing to say back to them, but it's way too late, they're gone, and you're gone? Jesus had the perfect little snapbacks, and they were, they were always brilliant. He is the perfect teacher, and he's going to bring us a perfect lesson today, and I'm just going to read it, and then at the end, I'm going to try and um, maybe massage it a little bit to um, explain how maybe it can fit in 2022, even a little bit more. Um, on Sunday mornings, many of you are, are with us on Sunday mornings as well, I'm currently teaching or we're teaching through the book of Galatians. And Galatians is a letter from Paul to these churches in Galatia. And so when he teaches, he's teaching about some kind of specific things to the church in Galatia. Uh, if you're with us, you, he's teaching about circumcision right now and um, he's all upset about it. And uh, so that's something that's easy for me as a preacher to kind of come in and explain and expound on. But this, I just kind of want to leave the, the teachings and the words of Jesus in the hands of the master. So here we go. We're going to pick up in verse four. So this is Luke chapter eight. This version is the ESV version. So I don't know what Bible you might be reading along with, but this is the ESV version and you can read along with me. It goes like this. And when a great crowd was gathering and people from town after town came to him, he said in a parable, and before I go on, a parable, for those of you who aren't aware, is a story, it's usually like a metaphor or a simile to give an example of something that he wants us to know about, okay? So it's a story 
that with a purpose, a story with a teaching. So he said in a parable, a sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot. And the birds of the air devoured it. And some fell on the rock. And as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it. And some fell into good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. As he said these things, he called out, he who has ears to hear him, let him hear. Let's stay there for a second, Ian. Um, Jesus, again, master teacher. He's telling this story to people who can relate to what he's saying. I don't know how many of you are farmers and who, and who would really relate to Jessica. You are a farmer, aren't you, Jessica? Um, but uh, who could totally relate to this. Like, this is their world, but this was the world of the people he was talking to. He, he surveyed the crowd. He was in Galilee. He knew that this was probably something that all of these Galileans could relate to. They get the idea of the sower, the farmer who's throwing seeds. And they can picture in the theater of their minds these different types of soil. But it's interesting. If we go on to the next slide, we see something. And when the disciples asked him what this parable meant, it was like Jesus has finished his teaching. And then the disciples kind of gathered around him like, Jesus, what on earth did that mean? Are you just telling us farming tricks? They said, what did this mean? He said, to you, it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for others, they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. Now, the parable is this, and here's where he actually explains the parable. The seed is the word of God. The ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, so that they may not believe and be saved. Let's keep going. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy. But these have no root. They believe for a while, and in time of testing, fall away. And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. As for that, as for that in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, Hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. So Jesus reveals to the disciples the meaning of the parable. And now that he's revealed it to you because you get to read the book of Luke. But if, if you can't kind of follow along, because I know sometimes when I read, I don't necessarily picture it the way it's meant to be pictured. Let me help you out with that. He's describing four types of soil but he's describing the same seed. The seed that is in the example is God's word. It, it could also be described as the gospel, which is the good news. The seed is the great news that this very same Jesus is going to die for us. He's going to die as payment for our sins so that we can be righteous before God and live forever with him in heaven. So that's what the seed is. The seed is the same on all four types of soil. And it's this invitation. It's throwing out seeds. When a farmer throws out seeds, the, the hope and the plan is that seed will take root and grow into something that he wants to grow. 
So the seed is the same in all four stories or all four situations. And the sower is the same in all four. It's not the case of a different sower that some farmers are better than others. The sower is giving the seed. The seed is coming out and it's, he's trying to plant it, but it's the soil that is different. And the first soil that's described, it's like, um, it's like a path. Um, we live out in mission, and my parents are in their mid-70s now, but they're a better generation. Let's just be honest about things. They, they are, uh, I'll give you a quick story. I, this is my best example of how they're a better generation. Uh, there was once my dad and I were looking at this branch that had fallen on a tree. And that's hard to explain, but basically it was blocking the view that we wanted to see beyond this. But this branch, this broken branch had fallen. It was like right in our way. But it was also down a bit of a cliff. So it was, you couldn't just like go out and get the branch. You couldn't, and you, I guess you could climb the tree, but that'd be hard. I'm, and I'm 50, so I, I'm always thinking about doing that. And I'm like, well, Dad, I guess you're just going to have to live with that branch. He said, I'm not living with that branch. I'm going to get that out of there. I'm like, Dad, you're 77 years old. Leave the branch. He's like, I'm going to get the branch. So he gets a rope. And he ties like a cowboy lasso. And yeah, you think I'm kidding. First try, he ropes this branch and pulls it down. And, I'm like, and that is why you are the better generation. Anyways, my mom and my dad, they, they are very good to us, very kind. And they, over the last five or six years, have been uh, giving us as a gift a path in our backyard. And we live out in Mission, and we've got some land, but it's basically swamp and stumps and prickle bushes. And it's, so it's like good for nothing except for the bears like to hang out there. But my dad loves nature and loves to kind of garden, but this is way more than this. So they, were, they would cut a swath. Over five years, they would do five segments of this path, and they would cut straight through the bush, and then they would pat it all down, pull out the roots of anything that was growing in there, and then they bring in rock. And lime rock was really good because it would compact and it would be harder for stuff to grow through. And when I picture this path as being described here in Luke 8, I picture this lime rock path. And especially the more you walk on it, the more compact it gets. So that when a seed gets thrown on it, it doesn't sink in. It just stays on the surface of the ground. And here in Luke 8, Jesus describes how birds and probably mice and rats, they come and they eat the seed. It never has a chance. It never has a chance to sink in because the ground is too hard. And I'll come back to that in just a bit. The second he describes is the rocky soil. And it's a similar idea, but it maybe it hasn't been trampled down, but maybe it's just, it's got, it doesn't have the soil that the seed needs to lay down roots. And so when the sun comes out, it's not protected in the soil. It doesn't have the moisture to draw out the soil. It's, it just doesn't have anything to, to go deep into. The rock blocks it. And so it dies. It withers in the sun. The third soil, it's got soil. The soil's probably pretty decent. But there's already stuff growing in that soil. And it's thorns and weeds. That, and if you know anything about gardening, it chokes out the plants that you want to grow, that's what I think the definition of a weed is the stuff that grows that you don't actually want to grow. And it chokes out, it smothers, it takes the, the light 
and the space that the plant needs. It chokes it out and it dies. It doesn't have a chance. And then the fourth type of soil is the soil that's ready. And it's usually a farmer will actually work to help make it ready. I, I'm learning so much about soil. Carolee's got uh, these raised bed gardens and she grows vegetables. And I'm learning more and more, it's really less about caring for the plant and more about caring for the soil. In the winter, we get a bunch of leaves and we cover the soil so it doesn't get dried out. It's protected with this mulch. And then Carolee comes in, she's got new compost every year to add to it. And she aerates it, stirs it all up, and the soil is rich. And the good soil it is a place that's just ready for that seed to sink into. And it's got all of the nutrients and the moisture. It's got room. There's nothing blocking the sunshine. It's got all the perfect conditions for that plant to grow up and be what it was meant to be. And here's how it applies to us today. We are, or some church speak, I guess. We say in the church sometimes, our, our heart is like the soil. And each of us probably has different challenges. I'll tell you, I'm going to be honest with you. My problem, when my soil isn't good, it's because it's like the path. Um, as you get older, uh, and again, I make a lot out of the fact that I'm 50 years old. I, I know I'm not on death's doorstep or anything, but I've, I've lived a life and I've met a lot of people and I've been disappointed by a lot of people. I've been disappointed by a lot of people in the church. And so what happens, and you know this to be true, every time you get disappointed and hurt by somebody, your heart kind of hardens a little bit. You get a little jaded. You're a little less likely to let that person in. Is that right? You kind of, to protect yourself, you harden that shell, that exterior, and you, you don't let things get to you. And I can be like that. That can be the problem in my life, is that I can, I can have a heart sometimes like the path, where I'm just over people, and I'm, I'm, I'm frustrated with life and stuff like that. And, and, and that could be the problem. But maybe, maybe your heart is you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to receive God's good word. I'm ready to receive the gospel. I, I love this idea of Jesus. But maybe you don't have kind of the, the, the depth or the, um, the environment, the spiritual environment where you don't have the opportunity for that seed to take root and go deep. And so the first trial or the first problem that comes along, you don't, have, you don't get a chance to get those roots deep because there's, there's rocks blocking it. And so it's just that that plant is destroyed. And the third kind is, if maybe you haven't taken care of your environment. Maybe you love the idea of Jesus. But then you go home to a really rough environment. And all the circumstances around you, they just fight against the growing of that plant in your life. I want to I encourage you in each of those three areas. I want to I tell you what we can do. To work on our soil. And it's, it's partly our doing. And it's a whole lot of the Holy Spirit's doing. Um, when it comes to hard soil. When it comes to the pathway. 
I'll tell you what I have to do, is I have to cry out to Jesus and say, can you fix me? Can you soften the soil? Can you break up the hard ground in my life? Can you help me to forgive people? Can you help me to get over hurts and hang-ups? And also, we cry out for protection from the other factors that will come in, swoop in, and, and try and steal the seed. The Bible describes it as the enemy. We, we talk about this all the time at SNL, is that God's got a plan. He, he's got this, this farmer's plan. He wants to sow the seed, and he wants to see it grow in your life. But you know what? The enemy, Satan's got a plan for your life too. And he's coming to seek and devour those seeds. He's coming to wreck and steal them before they even have a chance to grow. He wants to wreck your relationship with the Father before it has even a chance to start. And that's the picture of the birds and the, and the rats and the mice coming in to eat the seed. But we can cry out to God and ask Him to do a work in our hearts, to soften our hearts so that we're not so hard against trying again when it comes to the gospel, trying again to walk with Jesus. When it comes to the rocky soil, uh, you know what? One of the things I love about the rocky soil is, is in this story, it almost describes like there's an enthusiasm for Jesus. There's an enthusiasm for the good news, but there's just no room for it to grow. Honestly, uh, this is where God does his best work in my mind because he comes in and he'll blast that rock. He will come in and he will create, he will do the miraculous and, and create a, a space, pull the rocks out so that there can be good soil. When we cry out to him and say, God, take those rocks out of my life. Maybe it's a case of God put me in a spot, and this is something we're trying to do more of here at SNL, is uh, especially for some of you guys coming through Hope for Freedom Lodge, you, you go through the program and then you go and you're on your own. Instead, we want to make sure that you're connected to a church or to celebrate recovery or to some kind of community that will help to care for you long after you leave us. Because I know not all of you are going to stay in Maple Ridge. And this is where God will just start pulling rocks out of the way. And he will leave behind good soil where you can take deep root and you can grow to be who he's called you to be. And then that, that third thing, and this is where I want to really uh, poke at you a little bit. And, and I'll, I'll bring this to sobriety a little bit. When it comes to the thorny ground, sometimes you can come here or you can go to Celebrate Recovery or, you, or Pastor Larry comes to the house or Steve comes and visits and you hear the good news about Jesus and you're super excited about it. But you get so excited, you kind of like, okay, I just want to go back to my life. And I've heard about Jesus, so here we go. I'm going to go live my life in that other place. I'm going back to the, the dark place that I just came from. But now I've got Jesus. I'll be fine. And the truth is, is it's just too much too soon. We go back to our old friends. We go back to those, those places that we know we shouldn't be, where the temptation is just too much where the pressure around you is too overwhelming. And we go back into that situation, and those are the thorns that just swallow you up. 
And it doesn't mean that you're not strong enough. And it doesn't mean that God is not powerful enough. It means we haven't been wise about how quickly we reimmerse ourselves in our old life. And, and quite frankly, sometimes we're not meant to go back to that, that physical, geographical location again. Sometimes that's just not the place for us. God has something different for you, something safer, something better. So that thorny ground, we, we need wisdom from God. Like, is it time? Do, should I go back to this place? Because what I believe is that he can protect you. But if you go back too soon and you're just this seed that hasn't had time to, to lay down roots, and if you go back there in and amongst the thorns, you're doomed. It's just dumb. It's a bad choice. And then when it comes to the good soil, I want to be really clear about something. Good soil doesn't mean you're a good person. It's not the good people who are the good soil. You know who the good soil is? The good soil are the people who are humble enough to make their heart available to the good news. And I, I've said it before and I'll say it again. This is one of the things I love most about this group of people. One of the things I admire the most about people who make that decision to, uh, to deal with their addiction and, and, and walk away from that lifestyle. And, and when you arrive at a place where he's like, okay, I'm going to hope for freedom or something like it. You have made the decision to make yourself vulnerable. You have humbled yourself and you've said, I'm not, I'm not doing this on my own again. You may have tried to do it on your own, but you, you get to that point, and we all need to get to that point where we need something bigger and better and more helpful than ourselves. And that is the beginning of breaking that soil. And that's what happens. I don't know if you ever watched a farmer, but they literally break the soil. They've got tools to drag and plow and, and break the soil. And that exposes the nutrients. That prepares the soil for the seed. And that's one of the things I love about you people. You people, it sounds like such a... That's one of the things I love about this community. I love about being with you. Is you've already taken that step. It's like, God, put the plow in. Break me up. Get my heart ready. And that's why we see people come to Jesus in this place. That's why we see people baptized in this place. Is because you're already, you've got the plow on the ground already. The work is being done. And it's not about you being good. It's about you being available. It's about you being humble. It's about you making yourself vulnerable and willing to take help from the Father. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to sing one or two songs in response to this. And then I'm going to come up and uh, I'm going to throw some seeds at you. And if you are ready, if you want God to prepare your heart and make it good soil, I want you, even in the time of worship and singing together, worship team, you can come up right now, actually, um, in this time to cry out to God and say, God, soften my heart, soften the soil of my heart. Get it ready, because I want the seed to go in deep. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring an invitation to you after uh, one or two songs. We'll see. 
I don't know if you'll, I don't know if Darcy will see because he's in the dark, but uh, no, not gonna put us. <laughs> All right, let's sing. Thank you for joining us for Saturday Night Life. If you want to learn more about this ministry, or if you just want to talk to somebody about what you've heard on this podcast, please email us at snl at nrchurch.ca. We'd love to get to know you better. Until then, be safe and be blessed.